about them Irish. I can't take it anymore. I need a national championship. This is the Four Horsemen Podcast. I guess we're back. Welcome to the Four Horsemen Podcast, where you're joined by two despondent individuals. It's me, P-Wagon, and as always, Steve. Dylan is still in Ireland. Uh, He might not come back after this last weekend. And here we are. Uh, I would be remiss to not start off the podcast with uh, some pretty unfortunate news. Uh, the white sweatshirts are no longer on sale in the finale store. <laughs> you troll. Oh, man. So I mean, I, that, that's kind of representative of where we're currently at, right? Is if, if you didn't laugh at this point, uh, then you, in a, in a manner of speaking, you just go crazy. Um, just... I, I'll I'll turn to you to to get started on the topics, but man, oh man, what a what a brutal weekend, man. <laughs> yeah, and you know, uh, I'm a little bit of a gambler. I was going through my season bets that I have, and I have a ton of bets on Marshall. Uh, I should have known that before we recorded last week, so I'll uh, I'll eat my hat on that. Marshall was a lot better than we thought they were. Uh, they will win the Sun Belt. They're going to be the best group of five team uh, out there. So the the thing, just to kind of start, I put out tweets. I wake up on Saturday mornings. I'll just throw a random tweet out there about how I'm feeling for the game. Uh, it has the tendency to backfire time and time again. Uh, it's only backfired a few times in the history of this uh, show, but uh, it's never a good look. So, you know. We don't delete tweets, and that's kind of where we're at there. Uh, Just to start my hurry-up offense uh, right now, uh, a lot of stuff has been said over the last couple of days, weeks, months uh, about Notre Dame, good, bad, or otherwise. Uh, I've just gotten to the point where I'm muting people and unfollowing them uh, if they're ridiculous. Uh, So really, my... My timeline's getting a lot quieter. Uh, so th- there's not too much to say. I don't have too much of a rant this week. Uh, people want Tommy Reese fired. Uh, I understand where they're coming from. I don't. I'm a big Tommy supporter. Uh, but people wanting Marcus Freeman fired after two games. Uh, they can sell me all the Notre Dame memorabilia. I'll buy it. I-, I-, I don't want them as part of the fan base. Find a new team. Uh, Marcus Freeman is going to be a very good coach. And that's my rant. What's your guess? Yeah. Uh, uh, I mean, in, in terms of a rant, it's, I, I thought these days were behind us, man. I really thought that the, uh, you know, you, you, you got to a point where you just absolutely clean up the lesser teams, unranked, you know, non power five. Like, what are we talking about? Shouldn't even have been a contest. And the offensive line, it's just, it's not adapting. And I'm not sure 
where we go from here. Uh, but it's, it's, it's very disheartening. Uh, that, that's my 30 seconds. So there's only been nine losses in the history of this program. And these are, have to be easily the worst losses that we have seen as a podcast. Overall, there's been worse. UConn comes to mind. Uh, Tulsa comes to mind. Pretty much the whole uh, four, four and nine season, four and eight season uh, comes to mind. So in the history of this podcast, we're definitely probably the most down we've ever been. Uh, there, Ten games can still be won. And I have kind of a spin zone that I've been holding off until we talked. Uh, Notre Dame for the rest of the year can ruin people's seasons. And th- that's really what I'm looking forward to. I'm looking forward to Syracuse going undefeated up until we play them and ruining their season at home. I'm looking forward to ruining Clemson's season and USC's undefeated season. I, you know, fuck it. Let's play the spoiler. I, at this point, they might lose a game or two down the line now that there's a Tyler Buckner's injured, unfortunately. Uh, but why not play spoiler? Why not ruin other people's days? Yeah, it's definitely a great point. And and I think just as mad and as exasperated as I was in my 30-second rant, now I want to actually focus in on kind of the feelings uh, that I've been able to kind of work myself through mentally over the last couple of days. Uh, and And that's basically reaching a point of, you know, you're obviously out of it, but at this point, what do you have to lose? Right. It's like, yeah, you just have to go out there and just have to play the most fun football you possibly can. It's it, it, you're not playing for a playoff or I mean, but there's an outside chance if they beat USC and Clemson and they go 10 and two. And if there's absolute mayhem at the top, who knows? But even still, if they can play themselves into contention of a New Year's six bowl might be fun it, it just might be fun and you never know we might get a good matchup and what might break that streak and may or maybe the streak continues and we just say fuck it whatever it's just at at the end of the day you just have to have a good time uh, and and just accept where you're at and 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 now i think this is an opportunity to to see where you're at accept where you're at and now take the steps that you need to to grow because there's a lot of growth that's going to be needed for this team if they're going to make it to next season, you know, with, with looking remotely good. So uh, it, it's, I'm trying to be optimistic about things. Uh, I'm trying to see the light and, and understand that this is probably going to be a one-off and this is, you know, maybe Brian Kelly saw something and, and that this was going to be you know, a real letdown of, of a senior crop. And that's why, uh, a reason why he left uh so he could kind of pass on that tarnish i don't know i i don't know but you have to just accept where you're at and just just take the next steps forward at this point have you seen ted lasso i have not <clears throat> so ted lasso football coach goes over and coaches soccer in england uh that's a quick summary i'm not going to spoil anything um nate is the worst that's all i'll say there but he has uh, a line in the show uh, that you have to be a goldfish. Uh, goldfish can only think for like three seconds. So, you know, it happened. Forget about it. Move on uh, to to the next game. Freeman 
has to forget about what happened. He has to be a coach and he has to be pissed uh, and just kind of move on to see what happens. <clears throat> I do think, I do think that Tommy Reese, uh, he needs an ombudsman, ob- uh, someone to bounce ideas uh, off. Um, ombudsman. I'm whatever <laughs> one of those words he needs a cat to bounce ideas off of maybe it's Gerard Parker May, maybe it's another coach on the staff he needs a co-offensive coordinator at this point uh Reese just hasn't called good plays uh I mean Tyree has touched the ball seven times in two games Braden Lindsay, Braden Lindsay, friend of the program has been targeted 11 and he's caught two three it's an unacceptable line. When your best player on the team is the punter, I love it, but everyone else is going to hate it. Like, and also the the other thing, why not work with Christopher Spindler Strouth on the inside? Move Patterson back to center where he's a fucking all American. Zeke Carell experiment that can be tossed out the window. Move Patterson back to center. And get Spindler in there. Why not? Why not develop these players? That's how Bama does it. Bama gets these players in at the end of games, and they just reload every year. Why can't we do that? Yeah. No, you're absolutely right. It's like that young crop has to at least make a push at this point. And, you know, Rocco Spindler was very highly recruited. Uh, You know, he... If your shit is getting pushed around by a G5 team and Ohio State, and you've seen no measurable improvements, and Cal has a good defense. If Carell doesn't do well this week, move Patterson to center. He probably already knows the plays. Put Spindler in a guard. Why not? What Do something to elicit a fucking spark. There's no spark on this team. You saw, and I, I messaged uh, you guys in the group chat about it. It, before Tyler went down, I said he needs some swagger. I think that's a microcosm of the rest of the team. Yeah, they love Freeman. Yeah, they love all the coaches on the staff. There's no measurable swagger. Does that make sense, what I'm saying there? It, yeah, it no, there's, like there's just no team identity. Yeah. There's no team identity because this is a, a very much so a transition year with this offense. Um, the, you know, mainly the, the only guy probably holding it together would have been maybe Avery Davis. You know, I think of how much of a difference maker he would be, but you know, he went down and we're just really thin and, and this offensive line is just doing nobody any favors. And I wonder if the play calling is because of the offensive line, because he has no faith in them, rightfully so, or if he's just still calling terrible plays. And then the offensive line is, has not been very, very good at all. You know, and, and, and then like both things are true at the same time. So it's, it's just very bizarre. You have to make changes. You have to have moving, you know, rolling pockets. Um, and, and, you know, I just, I don't know how Chris Tyree has had so little touches. He's the fastest guy on the field. You can have Tyree and Estime on the field at the same time. Like the, you can run a triple option like that. You can you have passing options out of the backfield with both of those guys. And then you, where is Tobias Merriweather? Yep. Why are we? Why do uh, we not have our he's, six he's coming back five? from injury allegedly? But yeah, it's but like where's Dion Colsey? Yep. 
like where's where, where's the mix up where's the change it up if you can only score two touchdowns until until you score a garbage time touchdown against fucking marshall dude you have to make an adjustment something's got to give yeah i i, I agree with you on all that uh, reese and al golden did speak uh tonight right after we we recorded or right before we recorded i don't know time uh reese is on the record saying i will take every ounce of freaking blame because i'm in charge of it meaning the offense al golden's on the record saying i'm not pleased with anything because the bottom line is we're zero and two uh so they're getting the pressure there you're hearing it from the top and it should go down to the rest uh, i'm looking for anything that drew pine might have said it doesn't look like he uh, has anything written down yet uh, in terms of quotes, but overall, there has to be some sense of accountability, and I think that accountability is there because if this was the Kelly era, it would have been different. It, it, we've been around, we've seen the team after, you know, the four and eight season. Uh, this doesn't feel like a team that will go four and eight, even though I was a little. Uh, upset in our group chat, and I said we were going to go 0 and 12. Th- this is a team that can be bowl eligible. Drew Pine's a competitor, and it's just. It's I just still more... think 10 and 2 is on the table, dude. 10 and 2 is definitely on the table, but overall, it's it's one of those things where it has to be fixed immediately. Cal definitely presents some problems for us uh, schematically. Uh, mm-hmm. Just overall, just to go into Cal real quick before we get into Dylan, uh, they do have a good defense. They overall, they're tied for 29th in the country in scoring defense at 13.5 points per game, uh, ranked 24th in the latest SP+. Yes, they played two garbage teams, but overall, they're, they're a good team. Uh, Irish are favored by 12.5 as of this recording. Uh, still ranked 18th in the S&P Plus, received 23 AP poll votes to put, despite being 0-2. Uh, they have more talent than Cal, but it's the attitude that I'm going to be worried about, and it's running two-quarterback system that I'll be worried about. Um, they have the old Purdue uh, quarterback, Jack Plummer. Uh, he's thrown for 546 yards uh, and four touchdowns with a 69% completion percentage. One interception in each game so far this season. So maybe that's the spark we need. Maybe that's, you know, Brandon Joseph picking one off and returning it the other way. Bo Bauer doing it. Bo Bauer's on the record right now uh, stating, I'm at a loss of words because if you could see every day how we treat each other and how close this family really is compared to how it was when I first got here and how different things are, it would make no sense to you either. Maybe Bo Bauer has a big game this weekend. Something needs to happen. You got to get to Jack Plummer. Uh, they have a shitty rush offense. They only have one Russian TD against an FCS team in UNLV. Uh, so overall, they're a solid team, but I think our defense can feast this week, and I think this is a good week to have uh, Pine and Angeli play. Yeah, I mean, uh, Drew is obviously QB1, but I, I, he should know that it's like you got to fucking – now is the time to perform, and now is the time to be everything that you've built yourself to be. You know, you've, uh, he's, he's fought and competed every step of the way. They said that it was a, a difficult decision between him and Buckner. And, um, you know, 
who knows? Maybe Buckner was playing down or maybe Pine was pa- playing up um, in regards to their talent. Is, is the offensive line going to give them time? Uh, you know, that's, that's basically the question mark. And, you know, the, our defensive line also shouldn't really get, they, they shouldn't get a free pass. Um, you know, they, they have, they've been very solid and very stable, but they haven't been s- fantastic, which we expected. We thought that this was going to be a really deep and v- really talented defensive line. They haven't played up to, to snuff, in my opinion. Now, something is to be said quickly, and I'll kick it back to you, but something is to be said in regards to the offense being off the field so often, you know, going three and out, putting so much pressure on that defense, they're getting tired and run down. I just thought we were a little bit deeper and a little bit better. I would agree with that, and that that could be on Golden there. Uh, no, I there, there's no nothing really else to say. Uh, we kind of combined our Marshall and our Cal take uh, all into one, but that Marshall running back is going to be a top five round NFL draft pick. He's going to be in the league, and uh, you know, Columbia, Columbia was someone I was worried about uh, because he had that um, Bid Twelve pedigree. Uh, I think if Pine can come in and do what Columbia did, we'll be just fine. Uh, so, uh, funny enough, I coached against Drew Pine at one point in my life, uh, and he's still in college. And now I'm a washed-up 31-year-old podcaster. Uh, so, <laughs> he's still in college. Uh, that's all i got to say about that. Um, just a couple quick yeah. hitters about Cal, then we'll get into Dylan's Irish mailbag. Uh, they're from Berkeley. They were established in 1868. They play in the Pac-12 North. Uh, their coach has been there for six years. He's 28 and 28 as a coach. Uh, only 31,814 kids go to Cal. I've went over the offensive stats, but this is the fun one. Uh, most notable alumni, William Hung. Do you remember him? She bang, she bang. Tom Anderson. No idea who that is. MySpace. Oh, oh yeah. Uh, we have Jerry Mathers. You won't know the him because you're young. Uh, he's the actor from Be- he's the actor who plays Beaver and Leave It to Beaver. Uh, oh. Co-founder of Hot Pockets went to Cal. Naturally. And uh, that's it. So <laughs> those yeah. are my notable alumni from Cal. Uh, just yeah. to go, go over the depth chart real quick. Uh, the biggest change, obviously, Pine coming in at quarterback uh, with Angeli as the backup uh, with Ron Powell as the third. There was no changes on the defensive side. Freeman was asked about leaning more on his starters rather than substituting as much as they do. Uh, he stated that I don't think it's a guy that's causing the issues we're having offensively. Uh, if that's the case, we pull him out right now. Meaning the the drives, the sustained drives down the field, two 95-yard drives to lose a game two weeks in a row. Uh, let's figure out why they're making mistakes. Uh, he called out Mares Leifau and Jordan Bethello, both missing a tackle. Pretty key tackles there. Uh, that's really, I think, you know, the players have to play. Whoever's on the field has to be on the field. I am concerned that Bryce McPherson uh, isn't healthy. Uh, he's still backing up uh, Zach Joachim. Uh, Blake Groupie 
place kicker, John Sop punter. Uh, Chris Smith is coming back this week. He was a big loss. He had a hyperextended elbow. Uh, so that's that's kind of where we're at there for uh, for all that. Any uh, any last takeaways about the Marshall game? In regards to Marshall, no. Um, well, I guess uh, just I will just transition really quickly into just Marcus Freeman talk because obviously now there's some, albeit I think it's a small percentage of people of Notre Dame fans, but there is a percentage of people that are in fact calling for Marcus Freeman to be fired, which is insane. It's totally insane. And even if if Marcus struggles in this first season as a head coach, one, you see what he does with the recruiting. And two, you see what he does in regards to being a leader of these guys, getting them tight, getting them to be one family and buying in. And, and these guys are competing their asses off. They're just, you know, there's just a, a disconnect right now. Right. So so if he can work that out, that would make him a great coach. If it takes him some time, that means he's an inexperienced coach. I still think he's a great coach regardless, but here's the thing. I would rather be too early to hire a great coach and have to go through some of his trials and tribulations in, in order for him to grow in order to have the great coach right when he hits his prime. I mean, Marcus Freeman is 36 years old, man. He's young. Yep. So if we're too early on him, I'll go through two seasons of eight and five football. But if I know that I'm going to be getting back to you know where we're at currently or where we were, which is 10 plus win every single year, then and I think that's coming down the line because this this guy, I think he's he's still going to be a great coach. So I, people thinking that we should fire him. Yeah. And I, I, I think that's just nuts. The the biggest argument that I'm seeing, and if you say this, you just automatically lose a follower, uh, whatever account I'm on. They want to hire Luke Fickle. Luke Fickle was four and eight in his first season as with the Bearcats. Then he went eleven and two. Then in 2019, he had another eleven win season. 2020, he went nine and one. 2021, we all know what happened there. He went four and eight his first season. Why the only reason you want to hire Luke Fickle is because he's the name that you know. Does it? I, that's all I'm going to say there. Luke Fickle was four and eight his first season. Give Freeman a chance to cook, get his players in there, and install his system. This is still yeah. Kelly's team. This is exactly that's the point I was about thousand percent Kelly's team. Mm-hmm. He's playing with the chess pieces he has. You look at the reinforcements coming down the line, you know that we're going to have improved talent to work with that he's going to be able to develop from the start. So it is what it is. We lost Keon Keeley. That's one player. Rico Flores is on record that he's staying. Braylon Williams is staying. All all of them are staying. No one all, wants yeah, to all the recruits are are tweeting out like I'm Irish no matter what. Like these guys are showing their loyalty and their true colors, and I love it. And and, and they're they're great. So that'll that'll put a pin on those the thunder and herd from Huntington, West Virginia. Uh, we do have Dylan who is in the Emerald Isle. I don't have a Canadian accent. But uh, if everyone could think of the O Canada song as I read this, <laughs> please do. I'll give you a couple seconds. 
Oh, Canada. Mm-hmm. All right, you got it? Perfect. Uh, Dylan writes, TB12 wasn't great, but he shouldn't get the blame. The offense worked when they used him properly. He had multiple wide receiver drops. Sucks he is injured because I believe in the kid. I have no words yep. for Tommy Reese's play calling. The stubbornness and unwillingness to go with, with what works baffles me. Agreed. Yep. The offensive line is not good again, and it needs to be better. Mm-hmm. I thoroughly believe that the U.S. dollar is a stronger currency than the Canadian dollar. Okay. He didn't put that in there. I just want to throw that in and see if he's listening. Uh. (laughs) The defense has been decent, but still not where it should be. They need help from the offense. Yep. Very much agree. I was at a pub with ND alums and exchange students, and the scene was grim after the Buckner interception and then the Pine interception. I wonder if we get a taste of Angeli sometime this season. ND should still beat most, if not all, teams without Buckner. So it sounds like we're all pulling forward for 10 and 2. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I pretty much agree with all the points that Dylan was making. The defense uh, early on in games has been playing very well. Uh, and then in, in the second halves, they're having meltdowns against both uh, in the last two games. So. And that's because the offense is stalled out and they just they're, they're just not getting it done um, for one reason or another. And well, well, the main reason is the offensive line. Exactly. As Dylan said, it's just it's not been good at all. And it has to improve 100 percent. And it's frustrating because we brought back Harry Highstand and you know he's supposed to be the guy. So maybe I'm thinking if the offensive line couldn't get it together last year or you know barely could by the end of the season, and, you know, it's a new coach and it's the same guys and they're just still not getting it. Maybe it's just the players because we know the coaching is from a good pedigree. So I don't know, man, uh, something's just going on. But, uh, yeah, everything that Dylan said, it, I'm pretty much in agreement with. So we're going to do two quick things here before we get to the mailbag. I'm going to ask six questions to you that One Foot Down put out as a survey. Uh, and then I have a quick comment on Jack and. um. Jason Garrett. So first, how confident are you in the direction of the Notre Dame football program? The lowest answer is not confident at all. The highest answer is very confident. Where do you fall? Very confident. Agreed. How many games will Notre Dame football win this year? Ten. At least eight. Okay. How confident are you in the ability of Marcus Freeman? Very. Agreed. Which position coach deserves the most blame for the Marshall loss? Golden, Highstand, Reese, Stucky. No coaches to blame. The players just didn't execute. Uh, I would personally say Reese. It hurts, but it's a combination of Reese and Highstand, in my opinion. Uh, yeah. What are your predictions for this weekend's Cal's game? Blowout loss, lose close, win but close, win and cover spread. Um. I think it's going to be a win close. Unfortunately, I agree. Uh, will the Marshall loss hurt 2023 recruiting? I don't foresee that it will. 
I, I think a lot of these guys have, have, you know, tweeted out their support and, and that they're, they're staying. Uh, and, you know, I, I think that they understand that they're, they're buying in to a program that's going through a huge transition. And they, they know if they are the guy for Marcus Freeman and if they hold their commitment, they're going to have other guys just like them, just as talented, and that they're going to be able to build something in their time here. So I, I think that they, I think they're committed to the coach, not the current circumstances. I agree. Uh, so now moving on to our mailbag, we have some really good questions here. Uh, the first one, we're just going to go down the line. I haven't read these before, so I'm just going to answer. I literally didn't prep. Uh, any of these answers here. So we're going to do it live. Uh, so Regisan uh, says, if, and this is a big if, as I'm not on the fire Tommy train, if, that's three ifs in the first sentence, holy moly, uh, we, we had to go get a new offensive coordinator, who'd we re- realistically go try and get? Or would we give someone like Scott Frost a chance? If Notre Dame pits Scott Frost as their offensive coordinator, I'm I'm going to have to find a new team. My, Scott Frost doesn't deserve a chance to be a coach. He he, he <laughs> go back to Division Two. Go to Division Three. Like don't be a, a Division One coach. He he's not good. Yeah, he uh, he's he's in a tough spot. Uh, I thought he was a good coach, and I don't know something just not clicking for him. Uh, I can't think of a coach off the top of my mind. Um, you know, especially in season after the season, uh, or at least, you know, uh, between basically beginning of December and, and, you know, the first two weeks of December, like that's the coaching carousel. Um, so, you know, as we get into NFL firing season, typically around Thanksgiving, I think we're going to see a lot more candidates pop up, but for right now, I can't even think about it because there's just, there's a billion different coaches that could be moving it within the next six months. So uh, I can't think of anyone. Can you Kirby Moore, Fresno state? I'm a very high on Fresno state. I don't think he'll be leaving Jeff Tedford uh, at all. Uh, I do like him. Uh, Mike Shanahan uh, as the James Madison uh, offensive coordinator. I don't think he'll be leaving there. Sidney is a good coach at James Madison, uh, but I do like, like him as well. Uh, I'm just going down the list. Mike Denbrock popped up, and uh, that, that's a no. Uh, you know, Notre Dame could pull the old old trick and hire Clint Trickett. Uh, the enemy of the enemy is my friend, and he just beat us. So why why not try to do it get him? Or uh, you're sitting down, correct? Yeah. Okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna say a name here. Oh God. Sometimes to go forward. You have no. I have, I have three names. Charlie Weiss. Charlie Weiss Jr. <sighs> oh my God. He is the current offensive coordinator for Ole Miss. Or, if we're saying on the family train, close personal friend of the program, Montgomery Van Quarter. Uh. No, no, I don't want to do that. I don't want, no, that's just, that's straight up nepotism. <laughs> we don't, go, we don't, it, we are the University of Notre Dame at our peak currently, a 20 year peak, uh, a 30 year peak. I'm sorry. We're, we are not going to be 
begging for scraps of of a, a the son of a guy that once coached for us for a couple of years then got fired or bought out funny we enough, deserve we deserve the best of the best did you know that Ole Miss has Charlie Weiss Jr. and Maurice Crum Jr. on their staff? Well, I guess they love the Irish down in Mississippi. That's wild. Uh, Yeah, or, you know, the other name, let's just throw it out there, Coach O, bring him back. He's not an offensive guy, but he can figure it out. (laughs) I I would love to have Coach O on the staff, but not on the offense. All right. I'd love to have Joe Brady, but. I, I would agree with that as well. Uh. Go moving forward now that I've given you a heart attack. Five foot nothing pod says now that TB12 is done, will Reese finally make a stronger effort to get the ball to hit the playmakers? No reason for Tyree to just have 11 touches through two games. TB's lights are no longer an option. Curious to see what he does now. Uh, we'll circle back with you after our meeting with Reese tonight. Um, <laughs> sure. Yes. I, I, I don't know. I don't think it was, hey, let's have Tyler run the ball a billion times, even though we touted that as Cam Newton's offense. But I think it was, I'm going to run because I know I can run. But the offense isn't going to change under Pine. He might throw the ball more, but the offense shouldn't change. Yeah, I mean, Pine can move. Uh, but at this point, I would I'd like to see him run as least as possible, just because if he goes down, we're fucked. I mean, uh, but I mean, then it's Angeli time. Who, yes, yes, yeah, true. Uh, oh man, now I'm kind of getting a little hot and bothered by the thought of Steve Angeli getting in this season. But Steven, okay, um, prediction, just gonna leave it out there. Steve Angeli is going to get into an important game this year, whether it's Clemson, whether it's USC. He's going to get into a very important game, and he is going to win. He is going to either play the entire game and win, or he's going to come in in having to come in off the bench and he is going to lead the team down the field because that's what Bergen Catholic guys do. I mean, I would, I'd be head over heels for the kid. If that were the case, uh, I I like this kid. He is my guy. Uh, Joe Esquire says, are we Marshall? No, obviously. No. Um, Chris Willard, 17. How lucky would we be if Reese walked into his presser tonight and resigned? Well, he fucking didn't, Chris. He's still on the staff. He's not going anywhere. Sorry. Yeah, I think um, I'm a little I'm a little pissy if you guys. No, I, I mean it, Tommy. I, I still want to give him a chance to grow and improve, but he's he's got to come out and make a statement. He absolutely has to. And and yeah, Chris Tyree getting the ball so little in this amount of time. Uh, just going back quickly to to Mike's question from from the five foot nothing pod, he has to start dialing up whatever the hell it takes, and like that's kind of the part of what I was start said at the open, which is he has to have fun, just open up the playbook and just like just let it rip, because you're basically fighting your job right now as as much as it sucks to say. Uh, so that's the final statement on recent. We can move forward. Agreed. Uh, Abigail writes. What is your own personal mark for making this a successful season moving forward? As simple as making a bowl game or something more specific, like a stat related to a line or entire offense or defense? A successful season at this point would be nine and three. 
Um, you have you have to you have to beat every other program on the schedule because you are better than them. No matter if you're struggling this year and having a down year, you are still better than them. So you should still beat them. The only two in question would be USC and Clemson, and you have to beat one of those two. So I'm I'm in agreement. I think you beat your rivals. You win the Shamrock yep. series. So right now we got Clemson, USC, BYU. Then you yep. beat the teams you have to you're supposed to beat. So really, it's the same. It, we said the same thing there. Uh, would I be satisfied if the only other win wins this season were Clemson, BYU, and USC? Not fully, but kind of. Yeah, uh, I. I that's a preposterous scenario, but yeah, sure. <laughs> I mean, the bar the bar is a floor. Uh, <laughs> True, Juliana Romeo. Uh, why does our fan base overreact? If we knew, we would tell you. Um, they're tortured. I mean, but this is this is they're not tortured. They there's been how many ten win seasons? Yeah, but this is a tough this is a tough fandom, man. Come on. You have to you have to you have to have a little bit of self pity for a minute and just say it's like, come on, man. Like just one big fucking game. Just one big fucking bowl game. You know? Just just one time. So that way we can just get the stink off of us. It's been a brutal fucking twenty five years. So I, I do uh, and think- until we can change that, we deserve to bitch and moan because it does suck. But like at the same time, I think there are new Notre Dame fans coming into the fandom who are spoiled by the Brian Kelly era. That's so also that, true. So there, there's that. Uh, but well. the Brian Kelly era was four and eight in 2016. Yeah. And then the next year was 2017. They went to the playoffs. What was what was Brian Kelly's first year? Do you, if you had to guess what his record was, he was eight and five. Exactly. He's eight and five his first two years. And then he went to the national championship 12 and no in 2012. Yeah. So it's just, it takes a little bit of time to transition. Marcus Freeman will get it figured out. Yes. I, I'm in agreement with you on that. Uh, with that, two Irish brothers show we're plugging a whole bunch of different podcasts here uh how mm-hmm. short of a leash is tommy reese on uh, i short? think they basically they they don't have coordinators come out on thursday or tuesday press conferences if he's not on a short leash yeah um he's definitely got a short leash i think they're gonna probably give him they have in their mind that they're probably going to, you know, reevaluate at the end of the season. But if, if in a couple of weeks, like nothing's changing, then who the hell knows? But I, I, I want Jeez. him to, I want him to really impress everybody for the rest of the season and turn it around. And I want him to get an extension signed at the end of the year because he did such a fantastic job. I'm actively rooting for the guy to be successful. I want him to be fantastic. I want him to win. Are we on record saying that the Four Horsemen podcast are a pro Tommy Reese podcast? I would say I'm a pro Tommy Reese guy because I I'm rooting for him to be good. That is on record. Yeah. We are pro Tommy Reese. He is our coach. For now. 
so that'll do it for the mailbag. Really, we've hit Cal. We went over Dylan's letter. We did our high-level overview of Marshall. We've talked. We've had some conversation. Uh, it's the Irish word green game this week, but no one seems too enthusiastic about it uh, because we're 0-2. Uh, but the the last thing I just wanted to bring up, Jack Collinsworth and Jason Garrett were in the booth. Were you watching the game with sound this week? Um. For the first half, yeah, I, and honestly, I wasn't even paying attention because I was so nerved up. So I honestly didn't even have any thoughts about them because I couldn't even focus. So Jack Collinsworth started the game, sounded like he was trying to sell me his chocolate factory. Uh, he, sounded, he sounded like Willy Wonka for, for a little bit. Uh, he'll, he'll get better. I like Jack Collinsworth. I do have a problem with Jason Garrett. Uh, multiple times throughout the broadcast, he talked about how Marshall wasn't intimidated by touchdown Jesus. And it it's, it, I'm not saying there was a rhetoric behind what he was saying, but the way that he elicited touchdown Jesus in the upset that Marshall pulled off was very uncouth, was very like, it wasn't great. So I, I didn't like that, but I also liked Garrett talking like a coach. It could be because I was a coach for however many years, and it reminded me of you know sitting in the booth on a on a Friday night trying to diagnose what the other team was doing, or you know watching film with them. But listening to Jason Garrett made me feel like I was back coaching football. So there's that. Nice. And yeah, so that that's my just real real hot take on Jason Garrett. Uh, if he continues to talk about touchdown Jesus each week, it's going to be a long season. Uh, I, I think that's the only thing he knows about the campus right now. Uh, so Jason, if you want some more info, hit us up. We'll uh, we'll we'll learn you good. Uh, so <laughs> we're at about 40, 40 some odd minutes here. Uh, these non-win podcasts will be shorter. Without Dylan here to add a third layer of analytics, it's just going to be us kind of talking uh, and getting our thoughts out there. Please subscribe. Please rate, review. uh, Get us on all your platforms, Apple, Spotify, all of that. It helps us out. Uh, If you see us tweet stuff that looked like an ad, uh, click it. Uh, We're actually, uh, we advertise for Fliff. Uh, Fliff is a mobile betting app where you bet fake points to win. Uh, and you can win like gift cards and stuff. So uh, I've been playing it for about two weeks now. I am not doing very well because I bet a ton of points on Notre Dame to beat Marshall. Uh, but download Fliff. Link in our is pinned to the top of our Twitter. Uh, and that's our ad for the day. So final thing before we go, we have to do our Marshall prediction. Uh, I didn't ask Dylan for it, but I'm assuming he's saying no. Cal prediction. What's that? Cal prediction. You said Marshall. Oh my goodness! Yeah, what do you think Marshall's yeah. going to do this week? Now, before before we get to Marshall's probably going twelve and zero. They look fucking nasty, to be honest. Mar- Marshall this week. Before we get into Cal, that was a Freudian slip. I did, I did not realize that Marshall had twenty six uh, Power Five transfers. Yeah, you and both, and they're playing Bowling Green this week at five p.m. on NFL Network. They're yeah, they're going to blow them favorites. out. Yeah, and yeah. People, Brett McMurphy 
is saying that Bowling Green will cover 17. <laughs> no. no. Yeah, one thing no. I will say, just to put a book in, in Mar- close the book on Marshall, I actually think they're legitimately a top 25 team. So I agree. Um, but yeah, uh, as for Cal, onto the Cal predictions, I don't know what to predict at this point. Um, cause I've been, well, I was very right in the first game, but also very wrong in the second game. So, um, the only thing that I can predict is, is that the coaches know that their backs are against the wall, uh, and that they have to make a statement here. So they're going to be throwing everything that they have into preparing this team. Uh, you know, to it, they're at home. This this should be this should not be a contest. It shouldn't be. But I I, I do think that this is probably going to be a, a nail biter because this team has to learn how to win. So I I I'm going to say I don't know, twenty three twenty Irish. Ah. Uh. 37-13 Irish. All right. Well, any closing four, thoughts? Four, uh, four touchdowns and four field goals by Blake Rupi. Just wanted to put nice. that out there. I mean, and our special teams has actually been fucking incredible, and I wish we could talk more about how good our special teams has been. Um, do, do you Honestly, before we close out the podcast, I want to give you – Three uninterrupted minutes just to brag about our special teams. Well, it's tough to be right all the time. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I I once John Sott declared to come to ND and Blake Rupi declared from the transfer portal, they're arguably our best two best pickups that we've had. And it, it just it's tough to be right. Uh John Sott has an NFL caliber leg. He he can be a punter in the NFL. He is patient with it. He's much better than most punters out there, but he's not going to get the love like the Iowa punter gets or anything like that because he's 5'8 or 5'9. He's not a a tall human. But he he has a cannon for a leg, and uh, you guys should have been buying stock in him early on. Jersey's in the mail. (laughs) That's all I got to say. Fair enough. Yeah, no, they've been mightily impressive. Candace and Michael are two of my favorite uh, Notre Dame family members who follow me. Uh, I've been the go-to person for Notre Dame uh, special teams families uh, for the last couple of years. So they all follow me, which is hilarious. And uh, yeah, shout out, shout out Candace and Mike. Two good people. Perfect. Yeah, no, the the special teams absolutely deserve a shout out because they've been the kind of the lone shining star so far. So I mean, that that puts uh, an end to this podcast and hopefully an end to the sad era temporarily of Notre Dame football. Uh, let's let's hope that we, you know, that we go 10 and 2. Let's start this week by kicking the shit out of Cal. Hopefully, please, God, just like let us win by like 20. That'd be great. But just any anything in the win column will be good for me. So uh, signing out from the Fighting Irish. This is Steve P Wagon. See him out, buddy. Uh, Wear ESQ, play Fliff, go Irish, beat Cal.